0: The Blaze Radio Network.
1: On demand.
0: Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. I, just, I don't
2: have to show you any stinking watches.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: And what is the big story today, according to the Basket of Bias Press? Well, it's a New York Times piece that says that Mike Pence is gearing up for a 2020 challenge to Donald Trump. I kid you not. This is what is dominating cable news coverage today. Well, at least on two cable networks. Aha. Uh-huh. 2020 already, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, the vice president has come out and blasted this as being completely inaccurate. Oh, you know what, folks? Anonymous sources. Again. Huh. Nobody wants to go on the record. Odd. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. That's how you get in touch with the Chris Salcedo Show. Listening live, theblaze.com slash radio, the blaze radio smartphone app or the iHeart radio app. SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. You got on-demand listening right there. And, um, social media contacts. If you want to touch base with us on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX, where we've been very active over the weekend. I'll explain. And on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. The Chris Salcedo Show. And our presence at TheBlaze.com. Make sure you check out our channel. Make sure you follow our channel. It is TheBlaze.com. Click on the channels tab and find The Chris Salcedo Show. And you know you got the right place. We were active... This weekend, on Twitter, and it look, it's it, we don't have to defend uh, Dana Lash. Uh, I didn't feel compelled to defend her honor. N- nothing, nothing so chivalrous. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I admire the work that that Dana does with the National Rifle Association uh, greatly. Uh, she works with a buddy of mine named Grant Stinchfield. We had him on the program here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I guess it'd be a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, so Dana is doing these these ads for the NRA that are not just centered around the Second Amendment because you know those who own guns are very well informed and can speak on other issues other than guns other than the Second Amendment. So Dana has been uh, cutting some ads. Uh, going after fake news outlets like the New York Times, and one of them got the attention of a CNN contributor. And and this guy, this CNN contributor, he's he's this surprises me. He's I guess he's former military. Uh, this former military guy is so disturbed by our very own Dana Lash. That he reports her. I I am not he reports it as a threatening listen to this. His name is Mark Hurtling. This is the fifth ad from the NRA TV, and they are increasingly shocking and hateful, threatening Americans Americans and institutions. I have reported them. <laughs> to which to which i well i i i first launched into you know buttercup snowflakes just because somebody disagrees with your political point of view does not make it hate you dumbasses i didn't say dumbasses but i kept it clean on twitter but then i took a breath and i said to this again this guy's a, this guy's former military CNN contributor, Mark Hurtling, uh, H-E-R-T-L-I-N-G. I said, did it ever occur to you, sir, to simply disagree or offer an alternative view? Quote, hate is the new quote racist for intellectually lazy liberals. And apparently many folks have found this, uh, this, let me see. Let me look at this guy's bio. I looked at it once. Retired soldier, now doing other stuff. CNN military analyst. Um, so I'm not even sure what his rank was. But one of his friends said, clearly, you don't know the general. Apparently, he's a general. He's neither intellectually lazy and definitely not racista, amigo. Entiendes. And I... I responded to you know if he possesses any intellectual heft. He didn't show it on the post regarding the NRA ad. So th- this this dovetails perfectly into something else that's going on with the president of the United States today, who you know was on somewhat a working vacation, and decides that he'll turn on the TV. And uh, notices Senator Blumenthal, the man, who, uh, the man who lied about his Vietnam service repeatedly and then was forced to admit it. Uh, he, Senator Blumenthal takes some fire from the president. And Senator Blumenthal responds <laughs> because the president points out. Excuse me. Why is anybody listening to you in this in this witch hunt of Russia collusion when when you are an admitted and known liar and you didn't just lie about you know uh, on your tax returns as a lot of your uh, Democrat brethren do you lied about service to your country in uniform Richard Blumenthal. So Richard Blumenthal. Tweets to the president, Mr. President, you're bullying. Oh, oh, you're bullying hasn't worked before and it won't work now. No one is above the law. And that was just dying for you guys know me. That was just that was just screaming for a response. So I did. I put in air quotes, bullying is that what you call or is that what you democrats call truth? We have the audio. You lied about your service. Why play the victim? <laughs> oh wow. My uh this this conversation has way too many replies. <laughs> they can't even show all my replies. And, and, and why why play the victim? But Blumenthal wasn't done. Blumenthal says, the issue isn't about me. It's about the special counsel's independence and integrity. To which I responded, I'm sure you're going to feel that way when the special counsel is brought to investigate at Hillary Clinton's server and pay for play. (laughs) Uh, Some guy named Daniel Costa why does that name sound familiar? Not Acosta, but Daniel Costa. Who is this guy? Uh, Podcaster and blockbuster dropouts. Oh, (laughs) he says the only difference is there is real evidence on DT, which nobody has seen. (laughs) Uh, That's beautiful. Revisionist history, courtesy of liberals. Uh, We're going to get into the flip around when we get back, folks. I'll be right back. It's Chris Salcedo's show here on The Blaze.
1: Keep up with the Chris Salcedo show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Welcome back, everybody, Chris Salcedo's show. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the United States of America. Let's get to the flip around. Uh, and one more thing before we do that. Whenever I have, like, serious questions, uh, and when I have access, because Dana's just about as busy as we are here on the Chris Salcedo Show— I go to Dana like, or, or, or her husband, Chris. They're, they're, they don't, Dana doesn't need help from me to defend herself. I just found the juxtaposition of a general reporting on a Blaze NRA contributor and her, and her advocacy for the Second Amendment, a general calling in on her, reporting her NRA ad to be laughable. They, these 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 people who are leftists and I you know, hey, he's a general leftists come in all shapes and sizes, folks. It's a bit surprising to see somebody of that persuasion, but I guess it happens. But I swear that these people are constantly just looking to be made victims. So the. The the poor defenseless general is a victim of of dana lash i just it's they are just a bunch of fancies. yeah let's get out a flip around cnn first u.s diplomats to, to leave his country as retaliation for signing that sanctions bill but here is what uh, rex tillerson said about that today
4: i told the foreign minister that uh, we had not made a decision regarding how we will respond to russia's request to remove u.s diplomatic personnel uh, we had uh, i asked several clarifying questions just to ensure i understood um, kind of their thinking behind <clears throat> that diplomatic note we received but uh, told him we would respond by September the 1st.
0: How do you see this playing out, Elise?
3: Well, if you remember how this originally came about, this is in response to President Obama kicking out oh, yeah. Russian diplomats for the meddling in the election. Oh. Gosh. So, Meddling in the election, Barack Obama kicks out, it was a slap on the wrist, folks. It was a slap on the wrist. And then everything's fine. Then then Congress comes up with these sanctions, more sanctions, which, a little more biting. And so then Russia, this isn't because, this is somebody who's an expert? The the, the kicking out of Russian diplomats, or of American diplomats out of Russia, was in response to this sanctions package. Look, you know me, I would have just assumed you know, just, you know, driven back Russian troops out of Crimea. Uh, basically telling the Russians, we're going, to, we're going to pull into that Crimea port because our ally Ukraine is inviting us and it's, we don't recognize your occupation of that territory. If you're still there when we get there, we expect to be welcome with open open arms and we're going to bring some weapons in. For our friends, the Ukrainians, our allies, the Ukrainians. And we don't expect any any resistance. As a matter of fact, we don't expect you to be there. At any rate, uh, this, this one, yeah, this all started when Obama, yeah, right. Everything centers around Obama. Let me tell you something, folks. The retaliation that Obama put out as he was exiting the door after eight years of Vladimir Putin rampaging around this globe, it was nothing. Nothing. Um, by the way, thank you all, you folks who are <laughs> heading to Mr. Hurtling's <laughs> Twitter account and weighing in. Nice job, folks. Uh, over to MSNBS. Again, an anti Semitic attack? Right, he didn't talk ADL about The ADL has, long has time. noted all of it. I want to see his passion against the bigots and the races, and some are in his base. Be a president for all Americans. It's about time and stand up against bigotry and hate against any community in this country.
5: He says the base is growing. We're going to, a, we're going to examine that very shortly, Dean. Good to see you. Thanks see very you. much. Dino Vidala is the host of uh, SiriusXM's Dino Vidala show. Uh, it is on 6 to 9 East. Yeah,
3: who cares? Uh, <laughs> the president of all of us. There, there was a, an, a bombing attack on a mosque, and they want. President Obama to get out there and condemn it. And of course, uh, MSNBS is uh never ending saga to paint the president and those who support the president as as racists. It's like I said at the top of the program, folks. It's just it's just for intellectually lazy liberals who can't argue the merits. Of a situation they have to. Oh, it's racist. Oh it's, ra- oh, it's hate! It's racism! It's hate! It's their fallback position. They have no ability to justify their left-wing policies. So they just cry hatred, cry racism. Same old saw, different day. Let's
5: go over to Fox. ...or deny the reporting. President Trump last week called any allegations of collusion between his campaign and Russia a total fabrication... Let's bring in Ali Watkins, national security correspondent for Politico. Ali, so far there has been no evidence uh, brought out of, of collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of in the same place where when we started, right? There's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence. But we're finally kind of seeing what everyone's been waiting for, that these investigations are starting to get off the ground. They're starting to accelerate. They're moving quicker.
3: Yes, after a year, over a year. Oh, now they're starting to accelerate off the ground. FBI has been investigating for a year, madam. Oh, now, but now, folks, now things are just starting to get moving. So, in about two and a half years, we can get this all resolved. After we, after leak, after leak, after leak, coming from the uh, uh, special counsel Mueller's investigation. You know the hugely conflicted Mister Mueller. As he has tons of conflicts of interest, but he's still in charge of this investigation. And you've got members of Congress, even some in the Republican Party. Crafting legislation to make sure that the man with bias against Trump stays in there. With huge conflicts of interest against Trump stays in there. Let's get into this. Deputy AG. Rod Rosenstein on Fox News Sunday this weekend, claim well making the claim this is not a fishing expedition. By the way, folks, when they claim it's not a fishing expedition, guarantee to you it's a fishing expedition.
4: when you appointed Mueller and you were the one who did, you had to sign and order authorizing the appointment of a special counsel. And you said that he was authorized to investigate any coordination with Russia and, I want to put these words on the screen, any matters that arose or may arise directly from the investigation. My question is, does that mean that there are no red lines that Mueller or any special counsel can investigate under the terms of your order anything he finds?
3: That's exactly what it means. And that's why so many people are ticked off. Because Deputy A.G. Rosenstein basically gave the equivalent of, hey, Bob Mueller, we're going to appoint you to do the special counsel and sky's the limit, bucko. Go for it. Sky's the limit. Do whatever the hell you want. And many people are alleging that Mr. Rosen, this is all set up. Mr. Rosenstein, it, it, it makes no sense. The wording of the parameters... For this special counsel, Bob Mueller, says everything. There are no constraints to where this will go. And the reason why you convene a special counsel with that loose of a parameter is because you need something. Something will get something will happen. And again, I we, all we got to do is point back to to Whitewater during the Clinton era, and it led to uh, Monica Lewinsky and the lying about the affair with Monica Lewinsky had nothing to do with the original investigation. Then we go to the special counsel investigating the Valerie Plame leak. And the only indictment that was handed down was Scooter Libby, two years up the creek, having nothing to do with the original special counsel. A process crime. That's it. And and this too. It's it's almost like it's standard operating procedure. That if you get if you get somebody in there who is a Republican or the opposite party's in charge, convene a special counsel. Pressure until you convene a special counsel. To find something so you can keep the press narrative alive. And damage the administration. Problem. The problem that happened in the the Clinton administration is he happened to come off of of the great leadership of Ronald Reagan, and the economy was rip-roaring, so nobody really cared about all the inside politics, about Bill Clinton getting impeached. Nobody cared. He stayed in office. Uh, Anyway, I got more on this. Rod Rosenstein says some pretty perplexing things on Fox News. We'll go about it coming up next. 888-900-3393.
1: The Chris Salcedo Show.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: show conservative
5: talk radio with spice well, chris the special counsel is subject to the rules and regulations of the department of justice and uh, we don't engage in fishing expeditions now that order that you read that doesn't detail specifically who may be the subject of the investigation right. because we don't reveal that publicly uh, but bob muller understands and i understand uh, the specific scope of the investigation uh, and so no it's not a fishing expedition
3: we don't do fishing expeditions says deputy ag rosenstein But they do, and they have done in the U.S. Justice Department just that. Fishing expeditions in the Clinton era and the Bush era. So why is this going to be anything different? It won't be. Uh, Mr. Rosenstein, if he didn't do this with intent, he did it rather stupidly. And this, this administration... And the American people who voted for this administration for the change that they was supposed to represent will be paying a price for it. Either he got gun shy or this is all part of the. The the, the plan. To delegitimize Trump. By a unified Republican and Democrat Party together. The leadership, the establishment, the deep state, whatever you want to call them. Now, Deputy A.G. Rosenstein. I think gave us a little window into what he's all about as he was talking with Chris Wallace. Here he is uh, pretending that Mueller's investigation and what and what comes out all these leaks that he doesn't know if what's being leaked out of the investigation is credible. Now, th- now think about that statement. Now he's going to tell you that he and Bob Mueller are the authorities on what's happening in the investigation. And well. Listen to his words and then tell me if this makes sense to you.
4: In the course of his investigation of the issues that he is looking at, if he finds evidence of a crime, can he look at that?
5: Well, Chris, if he finds evidence of a crime that's within the scope of what uh, Director Mueller and I have agreed is the appropriate scope of his investigation, then he
3: can. Which we've already determined. There is no scope. There is no limiting principle. He's to look into... Russia collusion, and anything else he finds. That's pretty damn broad, if you ask me.
5: If it's something outside that scope, he needs to come to the acting attorney general, at this time me, for permission to expand his investigation. But we don't talk about that publicly, and so the speculation you've seen in the news media...
3: Okay, wait a minute. We don't talk about that publicly. I'm assuming he's meaning himself and Bob Mueller. We don't talk about it publicly. So, so, Deputy A.G. Rosenstein... And Bob Mueller, they are the men who know. Now listen again.
5: Permission to expand his investigation, but we don't talk about that publicly. And so the speculation you've seen in the news media, that's not anything that I've said. It's not anything Director Mueller said. We don't know who's saying it or how credible those sources are.
3: We don't know who said it or how credible those sources are. What do you mean? How is that possible? That the man who called for the investigation and the man who's running the investigation has no idea whether the leaks to the press are credible. Well, they ought to know, right? Since they are the ones in charge of the investigation and conducting the investigation, these reports that are being released, you should know whether they're credible or not. But he gets on Fox news Sunday and says, well, I don't know whether they're credible or not. You should, as a matter of fact, as being an insider in the investigation, Bob Mueller and you, A. G. Rosenstein, should be able to say, "Well, yeah that that report is bogus." Not that you would be about that, but this whole notion that you ha- that you have no earthly idea you may not say, but to jump on Fox News Sunday and say, "I don't have any idea if it's credible," you're the only one who would.
4: I'll ask about this, of course, because you had ten star and Whitewater, and it ends, began with a failed. Real estate deal in Arkansas and ended up with Monica Lewinsky to 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 expand. He would need to get approval from you to expand the nature of the investigation.
5: That's correct. Just as did Ken Starr, you know, Ken Starr received an expansion, with, I believe was initiated by the Department of Justice by Janet Reno that resulted in that investigation.
3: Yeah. So I. What really bugs me about this is that Rod Rosenstein gets up there, and. Has the parameters shown to the American people, which are basically no parameters, and then has the gall to say, oh, but there are parameters and I can see none. I can see none. And then he says, all of these reports that are coming out in the press, I have no idea whether they're credible. What do you mean? You don't. If you don't, who does? If Bob Mueller doesn't know whether they're credible, who does? Now, Senator Tom Tillis. North Carolina. It's one of these establishment guys, uh, by all indications. I don't know him well. But after hearing what he said over the weekend and knowing that he is one of the Republican co-authors of a bill to keep Bob Mueller, a man with tons of conflicts of interest in this case, in charge of the case, uh, he was talking about it with Fox News Sunday's Chris Wallace and saying, uh, and, and trying to justify why he insists that Mr. Mueller, conflict ridden as he is, must stay
4: but there seems to be some belief, and this certainly is backed up by what Senator Kuhn said concern about this president and his reaction very negative reaction to special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation.
6: Well, I think that's right. that's why we put the uh, the effective date back to the uh, date of the hire of the uh, current special counsel. but this is an opportunity oftentimes when you have the other party in the White House. People want these kinds of things, but they don't have the majority support to do it.
3: So you get what he's saying. When there's majority Democrats in the House, they won't do this kind of thing to a Democrat president. Meaning there was no chance that Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi were going to push for this kind of reform um while there was a Democrat inside of the Oval Office because the Harry Reid, in particular, was in charge of protecting Barack Obama's worthless rear end. But here's Tom Tillis saying, but we Republicans will stab our party in the back. And we will do these things.
6: This is an opportunity to put something on the books that applies to this current situation, but it will be in effect going forward. This is very important. It's an important part of what we need to do to reestablish the public trust in the Department of Justice. That's why I'm taking the opportunity to do it now, because I know the very people on my side of the aisle who may have some concerns with it would be pounding the table for this if we were talking about a president, Hillary Clinton, and similar circumstances on an investigation that may or may not involve her.
3: Right. Does that make any sense to any of you? Oh, because if this were Hillary, then we'd, we'd be doing this no problem. So we should be doing this right now. To make sure that, but you know, uh, many of us, Mr. Mister uh, Tillis, uh, really are suspect that you guys would even appoint a special counsel if it were President Hillary Clinton. Many of us believe that you guys would have preferred her instead of Donald Trump. So many of us know and understand that you Republicans would never have appointed a special counsel had it been Hillary Clinton in the Oval Office. Not to mention the fact that James Comey, the former director of the FBI, said she violated the law but declined to prosecute. Yeah, she violated the law, but we're not going to prosecute. So you'll forgive us, Mr. Tillis, if we don't have faith in the Republican Party doing the right thing not to mention the failure in Obamacare and all that's kind of fresh in our minds.
6: Well, I think actually maybe the Republicans should get some credit for showing independence and not necessarily deferring to a white house that happens to share their party. What? Oh yes.
3: Because the Democrats were all too willing folks never to stand up to Barack Obama. They gave Barack Obama anything Barack Obama wanted. They gave it to him. So here's a, uh, Senator Tillis from North Carolina saying, hey, give us some credit. We will throw our own president under the bus. Give us some credit for that. Guys, come on. Never Trump as the day is long.
6: One of the mistakes that Congresses have made over the past 70 or so years is convey a lot of authority down the street that they should have never allowed to to leave the Congress. Take a look at the deference that's made to all these bureaucrats.
3: Yeah, where were you, Mr. Tillis, during the Obama administration? Where were you jumping on Fox News Sunday, sir, during the Obama administration, decrying and pushing for limits on executive power when Obama was abusing it and us? Senator Tillis from North Carolina, where the hell were you Oh, that's right. Uh, That would that would be viewed as partisan, not showing independence, right?
6: Writing regulations with very little control on the part of Congress. There's a number of things now that I think we should focus on that wrestle back power that is appropriately centered in the Congress, not down the street.
3: Now, he's right about about that, that in their. uh, uh, Zealotry to. Avoid responsibility for anything they do. Many members of Congress, both parties, but majority Democrats, have abdicated their constitutional responsibility and given it to the chief executive, the president of the United States. So Mr. Tillis makes a valid point. But the reason why his point is undermined is because he he wasn't a champion of this kind of thing when there was a Democrat in the Oval Office. He's only a champion of this thing when there's a non-establishment Republican sitting in the White House. I'll be back in a minute.
0: Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time.
1: This is The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network.
0: salcedo
3: oh look it's john harwood on msnbs he, he's the cnbc blowhard who blew that debate remember showed all uh, called trump a clown <laughs> the man who's now president of the united states uh welcome back everybody now coming up next hour we'll talk about uh, a little bit more tom Tillis when it comes to uh, the context of the obamacare debate and maxine waters Crazy Auntie Maxine's at it again. Man, that woman is dumber than a bag of rocks, and I will prove it. Coming up on the Salcedo Show. Uh, meantime, uh, we started out the hour talking about, you know, triggered Democrats, left-wingers who, who can't stand, uh, like, like the aforementioned general who was triggered by Dana Lash, <laughs> basically standing up and, and calling out the New York Times for the trash they print and calling it journalism, for the lies they print and calling it journalism, uh, something that's in that vein which gives you guys an indication of who our political opposition is and why we fight them. Now you guys know that the Trump administration is is cracking down on sanctuary cities. now sanctuary cities are cities that openly defy federal immigration law, when the federal agents ask ask police departments in certain states to hold individuals who they have already under arrest because those individuals are wanted by the federal government, left-wing constabularies, I shouldn't say left-wing constabularies, constabularies under left-wing control, are releasing these felons back out on the streets to plague Americans so, th- so that Donald Trump doesn't get a victory and so that these illegal alien felons are not deported. So, it, <laughs> so the Trump administration says, well, if you're not going to follow the law and you're going to openly obstruct the federal government, which that is obstructing justice, then we will withhold certain funds from your cities. And the cities are going nuts. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's former chief of staff, the man who said never let a good crisis go to waste, that guy. His brother was the, one of the main architects of Obamacare, Ezekiel Emanuel. Anyway, Rahm, Rahm Emanuel, mayor of Chicago, says... They are going to sue the federal government, is the city of Chicago, because (laughs) that that he will not allow Donald Trump to force them to abandon their values. And their values uh, basically say that they're a welcoming city to illegal aliens. That's their values. Their values are sympathy for illegal alien felons. Their values are anti-rule of law. So Mayor Rahm Emanuel is pledging that the city of Chicago (laughs) will stand up and sue and fight for their right to continue to violate the law and to continue to imperil U.S. citizens in the Windy City. Is it any wonder, folks, why why I oppose these people? It, it is it is because of their stand. A- after the election, we had determined where the Democrat Party had fallen to, where they had descended to, and they were, at the time, uh, against Bibi Netanyahu, a conservative. And the state, the, the moves being made by Israel. So I called them an anti-Jewish state. They were pro Black Lives Matter, uh, who called for the death of white people and called for the death of cops. So we called them anti-cop and anti-white. They they keep hands off of Muslims, but always come down on Christians. So we call them the anti-Christian party. They're also the anti-rule of law party, as demonstrated by Rahm Emanuel in Chicago. Nine hundred thirty three ninety three.
1: The Chris Salcedo Show
3: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Blaze Radio
1: Network on demand.
0: Prepare yourself. To ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. I, just, I don't
1: have
2: to show you any stinking brushes.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Hour two is underway here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will uh, get our buddy uh, Dr. Dennis Drell back on. Because as you may or may not have heard, ladies and gentlemen, the Republican Party has abandoned repeal of Obamacare. As a matter of fact, uh, this is what they have devolved into over there on the Republican side. They are um, they are either trying to team up with Democrats to fix, Ob- to quote-unquote fix what I believe is unfixable, Obamacare. Uh, or they're going to team up with Democrats to come up with a new socialized medicine model. But that's it. And the Democrats are in no mood to help. They they have every intention of letting these Republicans fail and flail. I, I think Susan Collins rather enjoys the Democrats being in the majority, as does Rob Portman, as does John McCain. As does Lisa Murkowski and Shelley Moore Capito. They're more ideologically aligned with the Democrat Party, don't you think? I think so too. Now look, I we, we've talked about this I, I don't want to say it nauseam because I think it's an important conversation to have, and continually have. And many of you have already stumbled across this, and maybe maybe I'll tell you guys about it now. It's on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, and it's pinned at the top. You guys remember we had a listener. They came up with uh, a fake donation. To the In honor of all the fake repeal efforts of the Republican Party of Obamacare. So they sent in the show, the show donation to match the show votes for appealing Obamacare. And along that same line, one of our very creative listeners here on the program came up with uh, a divorce decree. Let me read it to you. Again, if you want a copy... It's pinned at the top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Just type in The Chris Salcedo Show. You'll find us on a search of Facebook. Uh, In the matter of the union between Robin Cox, that's her name, voter, petitioner, uh, and Republican National Committee and all affiliated congressional entities, quote, respondent, decree of divorce and public notice. Now this 28th day of July 2017, otherwise hereby known as the day the Republican Party wretchedly failed the American people. Whereas, number one, petitioner is a faithful voting citizen and resident of the United States of America. Number two, respondent has within the last eight years increasingly lied, become untrustworthy, committed betrayal, lost all integrity, Practiced deception has not faithfully executed sworn oath. I think all of those apply to John McCain, don't you? Uh, back, Back to this. Number three, whereas Petitioner has been faithful since November 1979, 38 years, and participated in every election since then, the only possible reconciliation to be considered is if entire leadership of respondent resigns immediately. Foreseeing no resignation, the preponderance of the evidence conclude that petitioner and respondent are wholly incompatible and are thereby divorced. This is the Republican Party base divorcing itself from the Republican Party because the Republican Party doesn't stand for anything. The Republican Party is run by a bunch of progressives. Capito, Murkowski, Collins, Portman, Capito. And don't forget, did I get McCain in there? Let's get him in there twice. McCain. <laughs> Lindsey Graham, Bob Corkers has some squ- And don't forget Tom Tillis, who we had in the first hour, who's, by the way, going to help me illustrate some things in this hour. Uh, Tom Tillis was asked by Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace, hey, You know, the Obamacare repeal and replace effort is dead. By the way, it only became repeal and replace the last couple of years. It was repeal for the first five years since its inception. Replace came in as the Republican Party got wind. They may be in charge. So Tom Tillis, again, establishment Republican guy from North Carolina. Was asked, hey, since you Republicans have failed, to repeal Obamacare and get a suitable replacement, a free market-based replacement, uh, are you going to work with Democrats to do something? Are you
4: willing, because it seems now that repeal and replace is dead, to work with Democrats to try to find ways to help deal with the immediate problem to stabilize the Obamacare marketplaces? And how would you respond to conservatives who may say, hey, look, instead of trying to repeal Obamacare, you're gonna work now to prop it up?
3: Now, before Tillis answers, Look at where the conversation has devolved. This law is incredibly harmful to the country, has an ever-increasing price tag. Nearly a third of the country has no choice in the Obamacare exchanges. Premiums are going up. Deductibles are going up. Cost for employers skyrocketing. And that is counter to everything this law was passed and promised to deliver. Remember, like your plan, keep your plan. Like your doctor, keep your doctor. Save $2,500 per year on your premiums. Those are the promises. Echoed by President Obama, or I've said by President Obama, and echoed by his political party in unison. So Tom Tillis has asked, so, you know, what do you say to those conservatives, Mr. Tillis, that, saying, <laughs>
6: You're going to prop up Obamacare? Well, I think that propping up a failed platform is problematic. Problematic?
3: Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. This is a failing system that is harming Americans' job creation, and not to mention the medical industry. And it's only all of your constituents, Mr. Tillis, and the nation. It's only us. I think that's a little bit bigger than problematic. Because guess what? How do you prop up Obamacare? How do you prop it up? That's right. More money out of our pockets. Or more to the point, more borrowed money from this government to saddle your children and grandchildren with. For the temporary convenience of today, selling your children and grandchildren up the river. Real special response there, Tom Tillis, Republican, North Carolina.
6: To prop it up. Well, I think that propping up a failed platform is problematic. I'm willing to look at anything that may soften the blow as we continue to convince our colleagues on the other side of the aisle, and some in in my own conference, that we have got to fix this problem.
3: (laughs) So let me get this straight. You're willing to give... Billions of dollars, so you can have more time to convince the John McCain's of the world, the Susan Collins of the world, that Obamacare socialism is a failed model, sir. With all due respect, Senator Tillis, you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of com- of convincing Senator McCain or Senator Collins or Lisa Murkowski that socialism is a failed model. You have no damn prayer and. If you're thinking about convincing Democrats, single payer is what they're after. So who are you BSing here, Mr. Tillis? Either you are woefully ignorant, sir, or you're just trying to BS the American people. Another broken promise, Mr. Tillis, right? Oh, we'll just spend, we'll just get billions more right now, no problem, and then sooner or later we'll be able to convince these leftists like John McCain and Lindsey Graham and and Shelley Moore Capito and Lisa Murkowski and Rob Portman and Susan Collins that socialism is the, oh yes, and the entirety of the Democrat Party, that socialism is the wrong way to go. Who are you kidding?
6: I was born on a Tuesday, sir,
3: but not last Tuesday.
6: I will continue to support a a measure that would go through reconciliation, the fifty one vote threshold. I'm willing to look at what the Democrats may be willing to offer. The problem is the going in position seems to be nothing more than nipping around the edges at a failed Obamacare platform. And we simply can't do that. We can't sustain it. It will, it will continue to destabilize the markets, and I think it will put people at risk far more so than what we tried to get done two weeks ago.
3: So by all means, let's throw more money at it. Let's go ahead and throw more money into a failed system. I just, I don't get the reasoning. Now, another issue. The debt ceiling. Tom Tillis, again, establishment Republican type, North Carolina, was asked about passing. Now, you guys know what the debt ceiling is. The debt ceiling was put in place. So our government was supposed to get our government to have to go back to the American people and rationalize why they were raising it every single time they overspent. Which they've been doing systematically for decades, overspending. It's been pretty much a formality now now, he's going to be asked about a couple of things I want to drill down into. Listen to
4: this. One of the things that you have to do when you get back is to raise the debt limit or the country is going to default on its obligations for the first time in history. Are you willing to pass a clean bill without attaching any spending cuts to it?
3: Are you, a clean bill, meaning no spending cuts, no restraints on future spending, on future spending
4: to pass a clean bill without attaching any spending cuts to it yes
3: if yes he is he is right off the bat yes i definitely will sign that bill now listen to the rest of his statement
6: yes if that's what's necessary i hope that we can get to spending cuts so yes definitely i will sign an
3: increase on the debt ceiling and hopefully i hope and pray we can get to, you know, uh, spending restraint. They've been, uh, they've been trying to get to spending restraint for about 30 years, folks. You think it's about time? I've got more on this on the other side of the break. Uh, by the way, I brought up our, our divorce decree at the top. There's another guy who's taking it a lot more seriously than I am. There's a guy out there who is suing the Republican Party because of their broken promises. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze.
0: Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool.
1: The Chris Salcedo Show
0: on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on
1: the blaze radio network.
4: Are you willing to pass a clean bill without attaching any spending cuts to
6: it? Yes. If that's what's necessary, I hope that we can get to spending cuts. At the end of the day, Chris, the American people need to know all we're doing is saying that we're going we're committed to paying our bills. This isn't about new spending. This is about agreeing to pay for the obligations that have already been made, many of which, incidentally, I disagree with. We shouldn't be spending the way we're spending in this country.
3: The American people know that the reason why we have to raise the debt ceiling is because... People in Congress have no mind toward fiscal restraint. The Republican Party is not talking about cutting spending. The Democrat Party never talks about cutting spending. Nobody has a mind toward fiscal sanity in Washington, D.C. The American people get it, Senator Tillis. We understand that it's because you guys spend more than we give you in taxes. We get it. What agreeing to spending cuts does, sir, is it prevents in the future us getting to this point. It puts us on a trajectory back downward so that we are spending only what we bring in. Senator Tillis, that's why people who have a mind toward fiscal sanity say if we're going to raise the debt ceiling, we must have an equal amount of cutting of spending to help blunt this rapid increase, this insatiable increase of government it's and a lot of the investments in government are wasted sir on failed programs sir that your side your republican party doesn't have the guts to cut because they've been given some stupid name that has no no resemblance to what it actually does Well, you can't. It's the the Child for Sainthood and Nutrition Act. What, are you against God and feeding children? And all it is is some Ponzi scheme for some left-winger to skim off the top. Ugh, it's so frustrating. So there you go, you have Tom Tillis. Saying, well... Yeah, I'll vote for a clean debt ceiling increase if that's my only choice. And the way the Republican Party is caving to everything the Democrats are doing, that's going to be the only choice. But I really don't want to do it, says Tom Tillis. And dollars to don'ts, folks, there'll be tons of senators out there in Congress. I really don't want to do it. Oh, I mean, I would much prefer to do some spending cuts, but, you know, this is the best we can do. We need super majorities now. <laughs> First it was, well, just give us the House. We'll, we'll take care of that. Well, just, just give us the House and the Senate. Okay, well, give us the House, the Senate, and the White House. And then, you know, we'll get America back on the right track. How's that all working out? Another example from Tom Tillis. Again, establishment Republican type. So-called Republican from North Carolina. On with Fox News Sunday. Was asked about tax reform. This 75,000 page insult to America's intelligence. This 75,000 page monstrosity full of carve outs to crony capitalists everywhere. We need it to be reformed. We need it so that uh, it's simple. So you can do it on a postcard because the American people, after decades of enduring this piece of crap, and that's what Washington, D.C. has gifted us, the tax code is a piece of crap, courtesy of the Republican and the Democrat Party. So America has earned a break from this piece of crap. And Tom Tillis is asked about it.
6: We did tax reform in North Carolina. It's had extraordinary results. We have to do it for the nation. It's a promise we made, and it's a promise we need to keep.
3: Um. Anybody see anything or hear anything wrong with that statement? Let me replay it again.
6: We did tax reform in North Carolina. It's had extraordinary results. We have to do it for the nation. It's a promise we made, and it's a promise we need to keep.
3: Oh, you mean like the promise you made on Obamacare? You mean like that one? I mean, actually, it's just like that one. Isn't it centered, Tillis? Isn't it? Uh, If you're driving, folks, don't do this, but show of hands out there in the, my beloved Chris Salcedo show audience, how many of you have faith in the Republican Party? They'll do a a damn bit of anything that is to the benefit of us. Uh, I have no confidence. Zero confidence. Uh, This the majority of this Republican Party is is dedicated to joining their Democrat friends and stopping Donald Trump. I'm uh, every day that goes by. I'm more firmly convinced of that. And I hope the voters let them know that you guys see it, too. This inability to deliver for the American people isn't lost on a lot of Americans In particular, this guy in Virginia, a Republican donor, writes the Hill. In Virginia, has filed a lawsuit against the national and the Virginia Republican parties, accusing them of fraud and racketeering for raising millions of dollars in donations, knowing they wouldn't be able to repeal Obamacare. His name is Bob Hegman, and he's suing because the demo or the Republicans. Sorry, it's hard to tell the difference. The Republicans promised for seven years they're going to repeal Obamacare and didn't follow through. Now he wants his money back. And there's talk of making this thing a class action lawsuit, folks. I think I'd join.
0: The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
4: Are you willing, because it seems now the repeal and replace is dead, to work with Democrats to try to find ways to help deal with the immediate problem, to stabilize the Obamacare marketplaces? And how would you respond to conservatives who may say, hey, look, instead of trying to repeal Obamacare, you're going to work now to prop it up?
3: That's uh, Chris Wallace asking a question of, of Tom Tillis and giving his impression that the Republicans have abandoned. This idea of repealing Obamacare and leaving us subjected to it. Let's talk about this and many other things with Dr. Dennis Durrell. He's a physician, National Medical Director of Acute Services for IPC Healthcare. He's the author of this book, Your Healthcare Playbook, Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. Doctor, welcome back to the Salcedo Show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here, Chris.
3: All right. First off, as you heard, the GOP has been sending strong signals that they want to abandon America To the ravages of Obamacare. And now uh, the likes of John McCain are saying we must team up with Democrats, those who inflicted Obamacare on the United States, to to prop up Obamacare. Can they save this law, Obamacare, without harming the U.S., in your view?
1: Yes, I think they can, but they're going to have to be very strategic about it. They weren't able to do it inside their own party. I mean, let's just agree. They took half a year or almost eight months to try to get it through the House. They did get it through the House, couldn't get it through the Senate. Now they need to take a step back and call a timeout. They do need to make some quick fixes to the exchanges. They're going to get blamed for this either way. Now, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they're going to have to do it in a bipartisan way. I think ultimately bipartisan is better. But you cannot go to the table without being very strong about certain things you want to negotiate with. And if they don't agree to do those, then go back and do it just with inside your party. So I think it's an opportunity, and I do think they can get something done. Then they're going to have to do more uh, down the road, but they need a temporary fix to the problem that Americans are facing now.
3: Now, let let me ask you about that, because you understand what Obamacare is. It's it's socialized medicine. It's it's uh, the taxpayers of the United States subsidizing and giving massive amounts of money to insurance companies uh, and and their rates can can be relied upon to continually go up and up and up and up and up and then ever increasing the burden on the American taxpayer. So. In your view, is is this is this viable for the future of health of healthcare care in the United States to continue this failed model?
1: No, not in the long term, but we're in the mess today. Like I said, patients are on the edge of the cliff. You know, I didn't choose this. It took seven years for the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare to get here. So you got you to look at it this way. They need to do something for Americans in the mess Then they need to set up a way to do it in a better fashion with private competition, with health savings accounts and all the things we've spoken about. But I think they need to, at this moment, give some help to the insurance companies. They're contractually agreed to do it and then set up a path to getting away from it. And I think that can be done, but they're going to need to do something in the short term. But no, I do not agree with the strategy of giving more money and then they charge more for health care and it's unsustainable.
3: Dr. Dennis Durrell is our guest right now, folks. Physician, National Medical Director of Acute Services for IPC Healthcare. And the book is Your Healthcare Playbook, Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. I'm assuming that your book uh, assumes that there is a free, a free enterprise system in medicine rather than a state-controlled one. And that kind of leads to my, my final question, doctor, is that we look at socialized medicine countries like Canada and the U.K., And and others. And and what they have is a two tiered system where you have the very wealthy and the very rich. They get to partake in high quality, very expensive, but high quality health care. And the rest of society, the, the middle class and the lower classes, are relegated to subpar medical care. If we continue on this trajectory, is this where we're headed in your view?
1: Well, I hope not. But if we try to go to single payer, we will be headed towards something like that. But I would say this, even countries like Switzerland, in the Netherlands, Canada, they have, you know, they pay some component of their health care still out of their own pocket. And they've created some private component to most of these systems. And so let's latch on to that and say, why don't we keep our private system, but have a safety net and that way we can actually give Americans choice. I do not agree with single payer. I think that we will lose much of our innovation, not to mention $160 million get their insurance through their employer. You'd have to completely unwind that system. And so I hope we're not on that path. A lot of physicians don't want to be on that path. If we try to go with single payer, you're going to see a lot of people, uh, I think, uh, rise up against it.
3: Yeah, And what? and what about – this idea of a catastrophic loss policy insurance that is paid for by the government. That, that way, no one will ever, have to, will ever have to worry about going broke because they get the catastrophic dia- diagnosis or get hit by a bus or something like that. And, and, and once the market is restored, catastrophic loss policies are incredibly inexpensive.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that we should have some form of incentive, a carrot, to get young people and healthy people to buy these plans, make them catastrophic. Give, In fact, I would give them a discount if they agree to be assigned to a certain insurance pool to help that pool. Let's do some auto-enrollment where they could opt out. I believe that most Americans should get that catastrophic plan, and then you could layer a health savings account, even where you give them a certain amount of cash for their out-of-pocket if they're lower income. And that kind of system, I think, could work very well, and we should at least have that in place. If you want to buy more insurance, go ahead. I mean, that's the American way.
3: Yeah, and then, and of course, when you buy or you get old enough to uh, buy your own insurance or get it provided by your health uh, or by your uh, workplace – then uh, the government's responsibility would go away and uh, they could stop paying on that. Dennis Durrell, everybody. He's a physician, national medical director of acute services for IPC healthcare and the name of the book, your healthcare playbook, winning the game of modern medicine, sir. It's always a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank you. Love to be back. Take care.
3: Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, telephone number folks, you want to weigh in is I just, I just lost the phone number. (laughs) It was sitting right here in front of me. Triple eight nine under Uh Maxine Waters went on a bit of a well, she went off the deep end last week on on the View, and I, I I wanted to address it. Maxine Waters, she was in very friendly territory, you know, with all of the with Joy Behar and all those folks who you know rule of law be damned, as long as they can get rid of those with whom they politically disagree so here's maxine waters applauding felonies happening in the government making us less safe uh by government officials who are leaking on trump we have to be bothered by these phone conversations these confidential conversations that he had with mexico and australia that were just illegally leaked to the washington post there's a lot of democrats that are disturbed by this because it threatens our national security are you disturbed by it? No, not at all. <laughs> I am so
6: glad they're telling us what's going on. Mm-hmm. and but it, we don't need to hear these conversations. They're confidential. This I threatens national security. I need to hear security. these conversations. I need to hear.
3: So Maxine Waters, a sitting member of Congress, saying she needs to hear these conversations, and they need to keep on getting leaked, encouraging those who are of her mindset, let's be honest, those who are just like Maxine Waters, inside of the federal government, Who are leaking. Yes, they're doing damage to Trump. There's no doubt about it. But they're also. They're also harming foreign countries and also harming our own country as far as national security is concerned.
6: Unfortunately, this is his problem. He is in a White House where he's got people working for him that don't believe in him, don't like what he's doing, and they're trying to tell the American public. They're something. whistleblowers. But this, yes, they're not America as America loses
3: here. Oh, Joy Behar. They're whistleblowers. Well, what are they blowing the whistle on, Joy? When you hear the transcripts being released on the conversation between Mexico and, and Australia? The leaders of those countries. What, what exactly do the American people need to know? Well, they found out that Donald Trump very much cares what they think about him. He also recognized some of the pitfalls of getting Mexico to pay for the wall. And we've all given him suggestions on how he could do that. But what exactly of national import are we learning? The only thing that we're learning, Joy Behar, with no due respect is stuff that that affirms your personal dislike. There's no threat to the nation that's being unveiled by and large. Though he
6: cannot have a candid conversation
3: with the leader of another country, Mexico's not going to want to have a conversation with us
5: anymore cuz it could get leaked. Australia, countries are not going to want to get on the phone with the leader of the to free world. No, let me,
6: to me tell then? you something. Mexico is glad to have it leaked. And I tell you why he tried to convince the president uh, that somehow he should not be talking about the fact that they're not going to fund this wall. And he's trying to convince him to go along with him to do harm to his country.
3: Ah, Maxine Waters letting out a bit of truth. Maxine Waters knows that if that wall gets built and illegal immigration is stopped, it will do harm to Mexico. And why would it do harm to Mexico, my friends? It would do harm to Mexico because Mexico has made an industry of not only exporting their poor over to the United States to get jobs and send money back, but it's a twofer for Mexico. They don't have to create a competitive atmosphere for their people, and they don't have to take care of their people because you know welfare over in Mexico doesn't exist to any meaningful degree. And so they get to offload their poor. They don't have to take care of them. The poor gets work Up here in the United States and sends money back to Mexico. All illegally. And Maxine Waters just admitted to it. That if you stop illegal immigration, it harms Mexico. Mexico profits when American laws... Are disobeyed.
2: Good yes. that his supporters hear that. Absolutely. They've been believing all the lies about building the wall. Now Absolutely. they know he was lying, and they know that, that the American taxpayer yeah, is going to yeah, pay if, for if it. If it's this leak
5: can happen, percent. if
2: this leak can happen for
5: this president, that yeah. means that it can happen for any president, and, and other countries will look at us and say, "You know what? The United States of America as a whole is not a secure place where we can handle this." No. You have people from
3: Obama. It didn't happen to Obama. Do you guys? Joy Behar is is probably an, is probably one of the more incredibly stupid women. The only, only one on that set that was more stupid was Maxine Waters. The, the leaks in the Obama administration happened, Joy Behar. As a matter of fact, your boy Obama tried to indict, tried to charge James Rosen of Fox News with a crime because he was doing his job. Harassed his parents. They, they tapped the phone records. Of the Associated Press, Joy Behar did the Obama administration. Don't you, remember, don't you remember any of this? In a rare display of unity, all news agencies decried the chilling effect the Obama administration was having, pledging to go after journalists. No. The
5: administration coming out and saying, no. I would go crazy if this were no. it happening. Let me
3: tell you, the
6: leadership starts at the top.
2: Yeah, right.
3: Dan Bongino put this in uh, perspective for everybody.
2: This is illegal, fraudulent, criminal activity from a bunch of fakes inside the government that don't have the guts to go on the record and actually face the consequences for their illegal actions. You know, Maxine Waters is a fraud, and, and I don't use that term lightly. I, I can prove it to you. She's an actual fraud, and we'll
3: get that proof now. Side of the break. It's Chris Salcedo's Show here on the Blaze.
0: This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: You know, Maxine Waters is a fraud, and, and I don't use that term lightly. I, I can prove it to you. She's an actual fraud. Maxine Waters swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States. Right, guys? Like, I'm not I'm not wrong here. You raise your right hand, you swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States. When
3: you know, Dan, Dan Bongino's right about that. That for Maxine Waters to go on television and applaud felonious activities it's a betrayal of the oath she took but it it shows you how seriously her political party takes that oath
2: maxine waters swore to uphold the constitution of the united states right guys like i'm not i'm not wrong here you raise your right hand you swear to uphold the constitution of the united states when you are elected to the house of representatives She's then suggesting on a national television show that people should violate the law, violate the Constitution of the United States and break the law, destroy our efforts in international diplomacy to advance her sick political agenda for impeachment for a crime that doesn't exist. I mean, this is, this is the definition of insanity. This woman should be embarrassed. She should be laughed off the political stage. It's, it's amazing what's going on.
3: But she's not. As a matter of fact, there's a report out there. Some Democrats are observing that she could be the next Speaker of the House if the Democrats take over control in 2018. And because of the way the Republicans have been behaving, it's it's looking increasingly likely that that will happen. But uh, I was looking at James Wood's Twitter account, and he commented on this story that Maxine Waters could be the next Speaker of the House. He said, only if there's a God. <laughs> I would love to, because Maxine Waters... Is is a uh, typifies, I would say, the the modern incarnation of the Democrat Party. I, I really do believe she does. His motives and his actions are contemptible. I'm sorry, what what did she say? His motives and his actions are contemptible. <laughs> contemptible. <laughs> uh I said that there was only one more person that was a little more loopy than Joy Behar, and that was Maxine Waters, folks. See you tomorrow.
1: This is The Chris Salcedo Show.
0: Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network.